This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, we're live. Episode 182, Moranalytics Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening and for downloading. Also, want to thank our show supporters, Sound Assured, 26 Shirts, and Pulse Cellular. Coming to you live or live via tape anyway at Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. And I am joined by Buffalo Bills long snapper, Reed Ferguson. What's going on, Reed? How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you. Also, your beautiful girlfriend, Erica, is in the house with us as well. We're enjoying, some, enjoying some really good chicken wings. All right, so here's what we have going on. We had medium which were called Joe something, made famous by Eric Wood. Yeah. Like, this is a sauce that Eric Wood has something to do with. And we also had some General Soul Wings, which were... Phenomenal. They, they were phenomenal and surprising, because I didn't think I was going to like those, to be honest with you. I've avoided those. I've been here a couple times, done a couple shows here, and I've avoided those wings. Did not think I was going to like them. You kind of are like me when it comes to how you like your wings. And this is one of the things I really like about the wings at Sunny Reds here, is we're not... We don't like too much spice in our wings. You know, some people like to have wings that are so hot that it, like, burns your mouth. I don't personally understand why. And you kind of fall into that same line with me, too. These wings are, they have spice and a little bit of kick, but it's not overpowering. Like, you can eat these and enjoy these and not right. sweat your forehead off like yep. I do when I have Absolutely. wings that are good. Right there with you. Yeah, I definitely didn't get the uh, spicy palate. Uh, Gene and the family. My dad is all over the spicy food, but uh, I'm at the complete opposite end of the spectrum than he is. So take it with a you know, I, take it with a grain of salt. Now, obviously, this place is the first time you've had these these wings. You enjoyed them very much. You've been here for a couple of years now. What are a couple of the other wing spots that you enjoy going to? Places where you say, you know what, I know I'm going to get a good wing when I go here. Yeah. So I think the first one that comes to mind, uh, Barbell. Over in East Aurora, mm -hmm. um, I think just probably because a lot of the guys on the team have that was a a um, it's a popular, popular spot, you know yeah, popular spot, spot for yeah trendy spot. But uh, Gabriel's Gate uh, is delicious, um, and I know I went there after uh, I think they I think in 2017 they won or maybe it was 2018 they won at, at Wing Fest mm -hmm. downtown at the at the baseball stadium. Um, they won best wing, so I knew I had to go try it out, and they were great as always for sure one of the things that i like about places like this with all due respect to anchor bar and duff's like pioneers in the in the best known places and even barbell to an extent because that's again that's become a very popular trendy place i like these i mean this isn't a small place so i'm not going to say a mom and pop joint but 
I kind of like the neighborhood places that not everybody outside of the neighborhood necessarily knows about because right. sometimes you find out that these places often have wings and other food too. I mean, obviously, I'm a little fixated here on chicken wings, yeah. but uh, they're as good as anybody, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've probably figured the same since I've been here four years now. But uh, yeah, I mean, we we had some of the pizza here and it was great. Yeah, too, you know, along with the wings, so can't complain. What kind of wings do you normally like? Now, again, we agree we're not really spicy people, right. but like, yeah. are you a flat guy, a, a drum guy? You're also not much of a dipper either, are you? No, not a dipper. I like to, you know, just keep the sauce what it is on there. But uh, and and we talked before, you know, is probably an unpopular opinion here in Buffalo, but uh, not <laughs> being a blue cheese fan, but right. it's Means- not that I don't like it. I just don't, you know, I just don't eat it on my wings, but. Uh, I don't. I don't eat ranch on my wings either. Being from the south, it's not. You know, it's not what something I do. But uh, no, I mean, I, a drum uh, flats for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> but uh, barbecue is usually what I try to go with. Big barbecue fan. You know, the flavor of it. But uh, if they, you know, that's kind of my my mainstream flavor. If they have good barbecue flavored wings, you know, it gets a check in my book. Well, we're actually. Have those coming. We've had That's our right. wings yes. so far, but got some barbecue wings coming that we're going to eat after the podcast. Again, Sunny Reds, Lackawanna, great place. Guys definitely need to come and check it out. So, and I've had you on the podcast before, by the right. way. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes for people who didn't listen the first time. That episode was a lot more about your life and your career growing up, the path you took to get to the NFL, things like that. Now, you grew up in Georgia, in the South, and you went to school at LSU, obviously. How much of an adjustment in culture shock is it for you, or was it for you anyway, living in the South most of your life, going to school, and then coming up to a city like Buffalo up north, in terms of obviously the weather is the biggest thing because, you know, the winters are the winter in Buffalo, but just the whole culture and everything that's different about Buffalo. How much of an adjustment was that for you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, right off the bat, I think it was a big adjustment just um, going from a – very much a college town in LSU, uh, and then sort of a big, you know, big city. I mean, obviously Atlanta's a big city, but I kind of lived on the in the suburbs a little bit sure. growing up. But uh, and then coming to a, a very, uh, you know, a blue collar place like Buffalo is, uh, I loved it. I immediately fell in love with it. Uh, the people, the food, obviously, is phenomenal. But um, no, it, it, you know, it's, I guess one thing to hit on is is the weather, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, Atlanta's pretty moderate, you know, definitely hot, but you keep going further south down to LSU and it's super hot. Yeah. You know, he, you, you get off. I, I made a joke. I, you know, I, I got to fly down to see my brother play a couple times this season on the bye week. And uh, after our Dallas game that weekend was his senior night. But when you get off the plane, you feel like you're breathing water because it's yeah. so humid outside. That's that's kind of the, the main joke that I, I like to make. But uh, I mean, that, that's a real thing that you have to deal you, you you don't ever get used to it down there probably similar to you don't really ever get used to the cold up here it's so extreme uh, an extreme insula spectrum you don't <clears throat> you don't really ever you, you can't get used to it um no but i i like the cold uh just because it is so different i haven't you know i'm i'm up here for however many months a year you know in season and while we're training in the off season but uh you know well the summers are great too but you get you I've learned to I've you kind of have to learn how to play in it um especially at my position where I'm when I'm handling the ball every time I'm on the field right, but yeah. uh it does make a difference you know that when the ball gets cold when it gets really hot you know when you play somewhere like 
Carolina or Tampa or Miami, you know, you it, it, it affects the, the way the leather feels on the ball on your hand. So it's something that with, with time um, <clears throat> I've learned to uh, adapt to. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I love, you know, going back to the main point, I love Buffalo. Yeah, for sure. Blood thinning. That's not a myth. I believe that's reality. I've spent most of my life living in Buffalo and I've been in Florida for a couple of years. And when I come up here, if it's 40 degrees out, you know this. You've been around long enough now. People are walking around in shorts in Buffalo when I it's 40 degrees I got shorts on right out. now. It's you like, literally you know, it's 50 have degrees, right but now. yeah, right. I, was, <laughs> I was in shorts, uh, what was it, you know, Christmas really Eve or two days Buffalo before guy. Christmas. It was 35 <laughs> degrees outside. I wake up and I was like, wow, it feels great out here. But two months ago when it's, you know, it's, it's 80 degrees outside, you'd be right. like, us 35 is freezing outside. You'll put on three coats, but you've been used to it by yeah. now for two months, you know, a month and a half now. You had cold weather and you go outside, it's 36 degrees. You're like, I'm going to put on some shorts and enjoy it while I can. <laughs> I'm sure Bill's fans, I mean, you've been here a couple of years now. You're one of the longest tenured veterans on this team at this point, which, I mean, you've been here a couple of years. It's been a yeah. lot of turnover. Yeah, a lot of turnover in, in yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. The one constant you've seen are fans, and I mean, it's not like you've been around to a lot of playing in another NFL cities, but you get a real good sense of how passionate Buffalo fans are this year, and with the success that the team's having this year, that's more prevalent than ever. We talked uh, no doubt. while we were eating, we were talking about the airport, when you guys beat Pittsburgh, you come back home at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there's like hordes of fans out yeah. there at the gate, yep. and it's not like inside, this is outside, and it's yep. pretty cold out. To come meet you guys, it's yeah. the, Fer- the Fergalicious sign. That's, that's awesome. right. Yeah, it's phenomenal. <laughs> I got got my got my guys with the with the Fergalicious what, sign. What's yeah. your What's your reaction when you see stuff like that coming to the airport? Even last week after the New England game, tough yeah. loss didn't mean the world. I mean, right. you, you had something to play for. But the point being is that even after a loss, these guys are still supporting you guys more than ever right now. What's your reaction and your teammates' reaction when you see stuff like that going on? Yeah, no, it it does have an effect, you know, regardless of what people say, it does have an effect on us, um, you know, to be able to get off. After a tough, you know, it was Sunday, Saturday, or I guess, yeah, Saturday in New England. I mean, that's a tough loss. We thought we, you know, we felt really good about our chances going mm-hmm. into that game. We thought, um, you know, I thought we would legitimately come out with a W. Um, you know, I felt that our, you know, our defense could stack up against their defense. I felt like our offense, you know, we, the way Josh has performed this year has been amazing. You know, he's, he's been balling out, um, you know, really all season. And then, uh, with the, what, you know, the new guys we added on offense, obviously with, uh, motor Cole, John Brown, uh, Dawson, at tight end and Croft at tight end too. But, um, no, it, it, you know, felt good about our chances, but, but, you know, you know, I guess in the in the grand scheme of things, it it, it uh, as far as making the playoffs, we're still in the playoffs. You know, locked into the five seed. You know, uh, but coming home and 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 seeing, uh, you know, however many fans were out there was was phenomenal. And another thing I want to speak on uh, in terms of the fans, um, as far as the TV viewership, is something I read. I was reading uh, yesterday. You know, we've played, you call it three primetime games. We had the uh, Thanksgiving game. Mm-hmm. We had uh, the Sunday night game in Pittsburgh. And we had the Saturday night uh, NFL Network game. Yeah. And all three games set records. Yeah. Like the Thanksgiving game was like the most viewed Thanksgiving game on CBS in 27 years. The Sunday night game was like the most the most viewed Sunday night game in the past five years. You know, this is the people... Whether it's Bills fans or not, people are tuning in to see what we're all about because 
we don't get a lot of primetime games to kick off the season. And then and they're liking what they're seeing. They keep wanting to tune in and see what we're all about. There's no question that based on these numbers we're seeing this year, the yeah. Bills are going to be locked into multiple primetime yeah, games. Yeah, which is great. Sure no, I, think, I feel like we've earned, that's something that we've earned. As a player, how do you feel about primetime games? Are you more jacked up for those? Yeah. Is it there some players might like a routine of a one o'clock game on Sunday yeah. better? Does he like mixing it up? What's I think they're well for me personally. Um, I, I'm I I can I like both sides. I like the routine of a one o'clock, mm-hmm. um, and then I like the I, I you know there's not there you play you you get into this to play in the big the big time sure. games right? I mean right. you who's gonna turn down playing primetime on Thanksgiving in Dallas you know in Dallas wherever it is but the, you know everybody's watching that four thirty game on Thanksgiving right so that the and Sunday night football everybody that's the game of the day right so um no I mean I'm never gonna turn down a chance to play primetime for sure I mean I get you know hype for every game I mean they all they all count the same really in, in the grand scheme of things but uh as far as primetime goes you know you love playing the primetime games but yeah, like I said, on the flip side, a lot of guys like the routine of one o'clock because they can, um, you know, they, they you wake up and you don't have to wait a long long time throughout the day. Like, is it tough to wait if you have a nighttime game? It, is it tough? To, it, does, it does is. Does it feel longer to you? Yeah, it, it definitely is. It, and you know, the, uh, the Sunday night game and the Saturday night game we just played in New England. You know, you're waiting. Uh, you know, three. You know, for the sun for the game in New England, it was four thirty. You know, four thirty kickoff or whatever. So it's an extra three and a half hours you got to wait. Sunday night game, I mean, that's like an extra seven, seven and a half hours you got to wait. So it's just a lot of free time that you you have to fill um, that you're not used to, you know, yeah. having to fill. I was doing home projects on Sunday when you yeah. play Pittsburgh at night, just trying to fill right. that you're time. You're filling that time. To yeah, fans it. too. Yeah, I mean, they've got to. They're 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 used to getting up early and and you know pregaming at the at the stadium. Yeah, and if I, it's a home game, and I think for a lot of Buffalo Bills whatever, fans. But, and for a lot of Bills fans too, it's not that they're not excited about Sunday night football. Definitely, it's not that we're not used to it. I mean, it's been twelve. This was right. the first Sunday night game in twelve years, right. so it's a routine. It's, that um, they're and not used and to. I was, I, I personally didn't know that till I saw it when they flexed us that it was the first game since '07. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's unbelievable, really. I mean, when you really think about it, that every team except Buffalo's had a Sunday night game. So, I mean, there's there's not one game you could have flecked. You know, it's just kind of whatever, but, you know, that's the NFL's deal. Yeah, I'll tell you, it feels like kind of a perfect storm right now because the fans have been starving for a contending team for quite a long time, and you know this. Yes. And this team this year is a good football team, and the team in 2017, it's not that that wasn't a good football team. I mean, you guys made the playoffs. It was a good team, but a lot of things had to go your way for that to happen right. this year, it feels like everything you're just going out and you're earning it and you're winning a lot of games because when you step on the field, it feels like the Bills are the better football team. Right. It's not like there's not a lot of stunning upsets going on right yeah. now with this team. And again, with the fans, we we were talking about this while we were eating on Christmas night, just a couple nights ago, they replayed the uh, Buffalo Bills first AFC championship game against the Raiders at 51, three game. And I'm checking Twitter and it's literally trending on Twitter. Christmas night, people are out hanging out, doing stuff with their families, and yep. everybody's glued to a television yep. watching a That's local right. replay from 1991. Right. These fans are, are just starved for a contending team, and now you guys are giving it to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, – de- you know, that's that's something that's extremely exciting for us to finally uh, give these fans what they've been longing for for so – you know, for for 
a while now, you know, since since really the early '90s. But um, excuse me. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, and we spoke for a quick second before the podcast started. But like you said, this this new a you know the new regime that came in in 2017, we made the playoffs twice in three years. I mean, this is the new standard. It's, it's this is standard. I mean, this is what we're expecting now. We're expecting to be contending um, every year now, you know, and 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 uh, Brandon Bean and Coach McDermott and all the support staff on that level have done a great job of putting us in position to uh, to do you know what we need to do and compete year in and year out. You talked about it a couple of minutes ago with the offense. Nine new starters coming into this right. season. That that's a lot. Yeah. That's that's pretty much your entire offense was rebuilt. Yeah. In one year, that's definitely testament to the job that Brandon and Sean McDermott have done, finding the right fit. And it takes time to gel, and it's still a work in progress. I'm sure that, that even anyone on the offense will say, we're not as good as we want to be. You know what I mean? It's still right. a process, and they're getting better. Did it feel this year, what was the difference? It was nice to be able to handle business on your own to get into the playoffs, so to speak. Like, you went to Pittsburgh, you won. No more stressing out as opposed right. to 2017, which was exciting. It made for oh, some all-time videos yeah, being in sure. Miami and then going for in the sure. locker room and seeing that yeah, reaction. That was amazing. What was, that, what was that moment like for you, by the way, that in 2017? Yeah, that, I mean, it's real. I mean, and, and this is a is probably a bad answer because I, I give it a lot when people ask me about that. But it's, I mean, the, the only word I can think of is indescribable because mm-hmm. you really, there's no, I've never felt that excitement in my life. Yeah. I mean, that to be a part of something that's you know going into the season when you when you sign with with an NFL team like this you're immediately a part of something bigger than yourself um and to 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 break the drought um in the way in the fashion that we did it was i mean it was just unbelievable and and you know I'll I'll forever savor that memory and I've got those videos saved on my yeah. videos and pictures saved on my phone. Yeah, no, I'll I'll never forget that for sure. So 2017, you're a playoff team. 2019, you're a playoff team. And the story's yet to be finished on this right. season. Who knows where that's going to go? 2018, that year in between, what was that like for you? That You know, management is putting a stamp on this team. There was so much player turnover. Like I said, you've been here a couple of years. You're one of the longest tenured veterans on this team right. at this point. That had to be... Was it, was it, I don't want to say difficult, but at least different for you. So many new faces coming in, so many people going, and a lot of guys that were part of that 2017 team. I, I think I, I don't know the exact number, but I know it's you, Deion Dawkins, Jordan, Micah Hyde, and maybe one other player. Are the only guys left on this team? Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes? Yeah. Th- uh, Shaq Lawson. Okay, so not a lot of guys, yeah. even just a couple of years ago on that playoff yep. team, yep. is so new. Yep. How is it a big adjustment when you have that much turnover, player turnover, in terms of the team, chemistry with the team, and just getting to know guys because you got a bunch of new teammates? You know yeah, what I mean? for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if t- you know it's, it was tough, but I think uh, it was a good challenge, I think, for <clears throat> excuse me, um, for the guys that were here to, uh, to kind of, you know, the guys that they brought in in 17, we – they they were clear with with the or the guy I guess I should say the guys that went through that season with Coach McDermott and and he set the standard for the mindset that he wanted to instill in this team the mm-hmm. culture the culture there you go the culture that he wanted to instill in the Buffalo Bills how we're gonna play how we're gonna carry ourselves 
day in and day out through our work week, right? So for us to be, you know, going through that 18 season, the turnover that we had, we, the guys that were there from the 17 season, we knew that we had to continue to set that example for what they were expecting out of us. And even though it didn't go the way we want, you know, we're six and 10, you know, six and 10, I think Mm -hmm. is what we went last year, but we, we were developing as a football team. You know, we had a rookie quarterback who was still learning uh, a lot about the game. And like you said, I mean, we had, we had nine new, you know, we, we, we didn't know how many guys were coming back from that offense. You know, we had nine new guys, like, as you said, this year. So, um, you know, and, and I think that speaks to where, where our potential goes to goes as far as, uh, this team currently, uh, you know, when, anytime you bring nine guys on a side of the ball, you're going to have some struggles, but sure. the only way to go is up. Yeah. Right. So to 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 do what we've done on offense this year, I think it's it's you know we, you know we're gonna obviously keep improving it in the off season because every off season you try to improve as much as you can. But uh, you know I, I, it's only good things ahead. I, I can imagine only uh, all successful teams have good leadership inside that locker right. room yep. as well as on the field. Of course, we're a couple of the guys that have really stepped up, and I'm sure you're one of them too. Stepped up in leadership roles. After losing two of your biggest leaders over the last two seasons, first Eric Wood in 2018, and then Kyle Williams after this season, those are big leadership voids to fill. But yeah. there were a couple of the guys that have really helped step up and kind of take take control of that locker room in that regards. Yeah, the the three that come to my mind are uh, Lorenzo, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been great uh, since I've been here and getting to know him and kind of learning leadership under him, quality, quality, good qualities to have in the locker room, but. Uh, Frank Gore is phenomenal. Uh, what he's been able to to teach Devin as the season goes on, and and kind of he's he's spoken, you know, obviously to the team a couple times, but uh, when he speaks, everybody listens. Um, and then uh, Micah Hyde, you know, he's he's been around the block uh, for a while now, you know, seven eight years in the league. So uh, you know, he's a, he's he's a top uh, a top player in the league. So. Uh, these these guys these these cornerstone guys um, I think are are, are kind of what what bring the the juice to the team for I, sure I really think and I'm speaking of course as an outsider not inside the locker room but it feels to me like that Frank Gore signing was a very well thought out orchestrated plan yeah. not just because it was a little head scratching at first because Bills have good running backs I'm talking about last season in terms of talent. But it was kind of, it became obvious, not at the time, but later on, that the plan was we're going to draft a rookie and we want the perfect veteran to really tutor this kid. Of course, it turns out to be Devin Singletary's a rookie, very talented young running back. And Frank Gore just seems like the perfect mentor for a kid like him. Absolutely. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree anymore. That was, uh, he's, a, he's been a great addition to our locker room. Um, and I know Devin certainly appreciates having him around for sure. Yep. Um, in terms of close games that you lost this year, you guys aren't interested in moral victories. Again, that's the sign of a team that's evolving where maybe in the past just playing these teams tough was acceptable and good enough. That's right. not the standard anymore with the Buffalo Bills. But two times you played the Patriots, they were both one-score games. Baltimore Ravens, a team that many think might be the best in the NFL, certainly the best team in the AFC right now record-wise for sure. A one-score game, opportunities to win or tie the game in the last minute. How much extra confidence does that give you knowing that you could play with these teams again? 
not moral victories. You're not interested in that stuff. But right. it does. Does it help you with your confidence saying, hey, we were a couple plays away from knocking these teams off, but we know if we just do one or two more things right, we could beat these teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, when you look back at uh, the final score and you look back at the opponent, you know, who you're playing and what their current record is, you know, you it does give you confidence that you can hang with, you know, we consider ourselves one of the top teams in the AFC. So we know we can hang with whoever, you know, is on our schedule, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we know, we know if we, if we come across those, one of those, either one of those teams in the playoffs again, um, they're going to get our best shot. We're going to get their best shot. But uh, certainly, you know, after what happened the first time, we feel, we, we, we feel good about, you know, what we can do if we see him again and then if we see New England for a third time. I feel like one thing with this team that might be different, at least slightly different than years past, and I'm talking like maybe five, seven years ago, players always say the right thing. That's what you guys do. You know what I mean? But it feels like this team authentically and genuinely buys into this program. And it feels to me like players are actually going to want to, players want to start coming to Buffalo to play here. And I'm going to be honest, I, that never felt like it was the case in years past. It felt like players would come here because either A, they were getting an exuberant amount more money than the next team would offer, or B, that the team was, uh, the other teams weren't interested. And this is where you were going to get an opportunity. It feels like in Buffalo, with the culture you guys are building right now, the closest, the chemistry that's out there, the uh, everything, just everything about this organization, it feels like that this is an organization that, potential free agents are going to want to start flocking to that. Maybe that wasn't the case in the past. And it's all about that word culture. And I know some people hear that word and they're like, oh, whatever it is a real thing though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And let me you know, go back to kind of what I said uh, a little bit ago, you know, that was something that uh, being a McDermott wanted to instill uh, kind of in this team as, as soon as they got here and, you know, going through last season, you know, talking again about the guys that carried over uh, from that 17th season. A lot of those, uh, a lot of free agents they brought in, uh, Hyde, Poyer, DeMarco, uh, you know, myself, Lorenzo, a lot of those guys that, that were that were still here that that did buy in and, and yeah. are a part of the, you know, the original, you know, uh, group that they wanted to, 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 to consider the building yeah, blocks, core, core, you know, yeah core of the uh, of the locker room you know it, it's those are that you look three you know three years later three seasons later it's the same guys leading the locker room and you know you kind of look at where we are now this is I mean this is what we've been working towards right yeah I mean this is this is what you know we've we've spent so many hours working towards and 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 building up to and we're we're uh we're seeing the 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 fruits of our labor. Yeah. What kind of leader is Josh Allen becoming and how mentally tough is this kid? I can only imagine how tough it must be to be any quarterback in the NFL. And then you're a first round guy. You're a top 10 guy, a very um, hot topic guy too. coming into yeah. the draft. There was no like in between on Josh Allen. Critics either loved Josh Allen or critics hated him. There was, there was no in between. And there's that kind of school of thought that, He's not playing well. And other people are like, well, you're crazy. He's playing great. Regardless of any of that, like I said, when it comes, it seems like he's a guy who's very mentally tough and, and he doesn't let what other people are saying on the outside bother him too much. And you can see the progression from 
I mean, it's night and day from early in his career until, you know, right. later on this season, he just seems to be getting better every week. And most importantly, it feels like he can, he'll make a bad play, but it doesn't stay with him. You know, like he's pulling games out in the fourth quarter. He plays his best football in the fourth quarter. Pretty mentally yeah. strong guy, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. And um, as far as him, you know, speaking to him being a leader, he's, uh, you see, you see it every Sunday. These guys are rallying around him, and again, like you said, in the fourth quarter, that dude is 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 uh, tough as nails. I mean, really, he's um, he's been a joy to get to know over the last two seasons and uh, last off uh, last off season. But uh, love the guy. You know, he's going to be leading this football team for a long time. Yeah, he's um, like I said, he it's it's got to be tough to be a a, a guy who is the center of attention all the time as, as a quarterback. When you look at this team right now, okay, so you're playing the Jets on Sunday. Obviously, it doesn't mean anything in the standings in terms of that. But this also is an opportunity for you guys to have your first 11-win season. I believe it's since 1999. Who knows how much some guys are going to end up playing, but I'm sure you're still approaching this game. You Obviously, you want to win, but... Right. Um, and it, if you're in the media, if you're a fan, you're like, I don't mean on you're a player. I'm sure it means a lot to you. Every yeah, definitely. Goes. It's it's a division opponent at home. That's how we're looking at it, regardless if we were in the playoffs or not, right? So you, d- home division games, you, you don't want to lose those. Um, and, I, you know, uh, speaking, I guess, on the, on, on the way I'm personally looking at the game, <clears throat> it's, it's a little bit like a preseason game to me. Yeah. Um, in the in the fact that I have to prepare personally, like it's a real game. Yeah, I don't. I'm not rotating. I don't have a backup. Right. I have to perform like my job's on the line because it is every week. Right. Who's your, who's your so, emergency backup? That's a great question. I mean, uh, last couple of years it was Ryan Groy, but he's obviously not here anymore. But uh, you know, I'd like to think probably Lee Smith could do it. Uh, he, I think he did it in Oakland a couple times, uh, emergency, but, uh, I try not to think about that too much because I, I hope it, I hope it never gets a, to that, but that's a situation yeah, that's where right. we never, where we never that's got a right. final. One thing I've been reading this week, and this is kind of a testament again to the culture and the makeup of your football team right now is that some of the younger guys who might not have played as much this year are going to get a, a bigger opportunity to, to shine on Sunday and beat a division rival, like you said, and the veterans are doing a really good job. Like you're competing for time when you're in training camp and during the season, but they're also very supportive of the younger guys on your team. And again, that's kind of speaks to the culture. And I read a lot about that this week about how some of the veterans are ready to, you know, to, to, to help the younger guys improve yeah, yeah. And, and hopefully they want to play well. Everybody in the locker room wants everybody to succeed. I mean, that there's no um, ill will against anybody. And I, I can't imagine why there would be, but, uh, everybody wants everybody to succeed because that means the team's the team's going to do well. So uh, when it comes to the game like this, the circumstances that we're in right now, um, you know the guys that that are going to play are going to play their they're going to play their 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 hearts out, right? So, um, but yeah, yeah, so it's it's encouraging to see throughout the practice week see those the vet guys feeding into the younger guys. It's a this is a rhetorical question, obviously, but you're either going to be playing Houston or Kansas City, likely Houston. In the playoffs, you feel like you can go in there and you and you feel like you can win. Now, in 2017, Jacksonville, I'm sure you felt like you could win too. 
but th- this has got to be different. Like you're going into Houston and I feel like you guys are expecting to beat them if you, if you play them. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, we, I mean, you got to go in with the mindset that you can beat anybody and, uh, you know, whoever we're playing, uh, whether it's going to be Houston or KC, <clears throat> uh, we're going to go in feeling like we have a good, great chance to win. Let's talk a couple minutes. The office. First time I had you on the show. If you don't know and you're listening out there, Reed is a very big fan of the office. We talked for a couple minutes the first time. Let's spend a couple minutes again. I got a couple questions for you. Who on your team is a big fan of the office besides I know Josh Allen yeah, is as yeah, well. Yeah. Well, anyone else on your team that you know of that's a fan of the show? Yeah, uh the punter, Corey. Uh Bajorquez. He's we like to joke a lot about it. Uh a couple guys ha- have seen it. They don't get the inside jokes, but um yeah, no, probably Josh is a huge fan. Um, some of the training, some members of the training staff are too. So we like to have a good time with them. you and Corey have a pretty good relationship. Don't you, you guys yeah, have we, a, like yeah, a fun yeah. relationship? I see a lot of the photos on Twitter. The yeah. stepbrother one that you guys yeah, did. Uh, what was that? Hey, all his ago. idea. I was all laughing my idea. ass off. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, that was good. When it comes to the office, were you a fan of the show early on from day one? Or is that something that you became a fan of later on in the series? I, I watched, um, seasons one through four on TV and then, um, kind of got caught up uh school and stuff as, as as the uh later seasons were going on but uh you know once i was able to to see it all on netflix uh once it came out i, I binged obviously <laughs> five or six times already but <laughs> yeah me too uh you you know you get to it's 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 i love it because it's one of those things where you can it, the the episodes are independent of of each other right so you can flip on you don't have to understand what's going, you know, I mean, there are underlying storylines, sure. but um, the comedy in each one is, is independent of, of one another. So that, that makes it enjoyable to just kind of, you can pop on any episode you want for, you know, while you're cleaning the, you know, whatever you're doing, you just sit there and, and listen to it. And for 26 minutes or however long it is, let me piggyback that into this question here. Let's just say you're having a conversation with one of the guys on your team in the locker room and you're trying to convince them that The Office is a show that's worth watching. What would you consider a signature episode? If you want to convert this guy and he's only going to watch one episode, which one are you going to pick that you're going to be like, all right, he's going to want to watch this show after? Traveling Salesman. That's yeah. my number one. That's a good that's my one. number one. That's a good one. Big fan, yeah. I like the injury one where he cooked his that's foot a good on one. the <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. The, uh, <clears throat> the scene where... Uh, well, two scenes where Dwight is uh, jamming out to "Kickstart My Heart" by Motley Crue. Yeah, in Jim's car, uh, is priceless. And then when he's walking, when they get out of the car and walk into the through the door, and he said, and he sneak attacks him and slaps him in the face. It's yeah, just that was phenomenal. Good. Who were your favorite and least favorite characters on this show? And it's tough sometimes to say least favorite because yeah. I didn't like really necessarily dislike anybody. But if you had to pick one, your favorite and your least. Favorite, um, gotta be Dwight. Okay. Uh, I, he was on my Christmas sweater last year. I got a bottle. I got a Dwight, Dwight bottlehead for Christmas. Yeah. Or a couple days And ago. then least, I, yeah, like you said, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I would say maybe person who I thought was most pointless to the show. Um, Gabe. I don't really yeah. care for Gay. Like he was just like he a, was creepy eh, as hell, he was man. Just a weirdo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, probably. Right, I was thinking Creed, but Creed's like a classic. He's like one of the OGs. You yeah, know? Like yeah, you can't he, not have Creed in there. But 
even though he's probably I think out of the main characters he's got the least amount of lines yeah. in the whole show so favorite Michael Scott character prison Mike date Mike or Michael Scott uh <laughs> prison Mike yeah. for sure and it's a funny <laughs> yeah, it's story good. actually uh last year for my birthday Erica must yeah, be a fan so of the Erica's Erica, she she is uh, a huge she's a really good baker I tell people she's a professional baker. She, she's dying laughing right now. She, uh, so I was on a, a mission trip or a little mission trip ish. And oddly enough at a prison, uh, down in Louisiana, um, at Angola, the state penitentiary, uh, witnessing to some guys, uh, uh with our team chaplain, a couple guys from the team went down there for a couple of days and I drove, uh, we, we were done, what done with our trip. And I drove to Houston to see Erica, you know, down the down the road i had a couple days off for the off season so i figured i'd stick around and then fly back home to atlanta and she for my birthday in the late mar in march 24th uh she had a uh one of her baker friends i think uh make this cake for me and it was supposed to be a prison mike cake have the picture i have the picture i'll show you after uh, I would say this cake was more like a prison Miguel. Uh, it was the, 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 the look of it. You could tell what character it was. If you, it, it did not, it looked nothing like Michael Scott at all. It was, I mean, it was delicious cake, but prison Miguel. very well done, but that's what I call it, you know, cause it's like an off brand Mike, you know, prison Mike, but no, it was phenomenal, but just a funny story. When you see the picture, it, it'll be, I'll have to send it to you, but. Uh, yeah, hilarious. Funny story about Prison Mike. <laughs> what was your take on Robert California in season eight as boss, the guy who follows Michael Scott? Some people thought he was funny and, and brought something different to the show, and some people just hated him, maybe because they were so bummed out that Michael yeah. Scott was gone. What was your yeah. take on him? I think it was probably a little bit of both. A little bit. People were bummed that he was gone, but I, I think people were expecting a a replacement funny guy, right? Right. Uh, and he didn't really have that side to him. Um, I thought his funniest line when he was is when he was like, "You don't even know who I am. I'm the MF yeah. and Lizard King, right?" Yeah. Like that was that's what cracked me up. Like the mo the thing that he said that made me laugh the most. But um, no, I, I I didn't really care for him that much. I still watch the show. I think it's entertaining. But seven eight season seven eight and nine after Michael leaves is. I mean, it clearly, it goes the down, show clearly so. goes down. I, I I think it ended really well. Like it, the last episode, the last handful. I didn't like when Andy Bernard be- became manager. He became an unlikable character. I loved yeah. season like It was three enjoyable when he left on the cruise for two months, yeah, right? And like right, was exactly. like out of the show. You're like, okay, finally. But I, I liked him when he worked in the office. Me too. Like when he had his when he's anger boss, issues. No, yeah. I just don't care for him. <laughs> Last question about the office. So there's been talks of a reboot. Possibly uh, Michael Scott definitely would not be. I keep saying Michael yeah. Scott. Steve Carell. You Steve know what Carell, I'm saying. Yep, he's yep. definitely not interested in doing it. I don't think there might not be a Jim or Pam either, but if they were going to have some form of an office reboot, is that something that you want to see, or do you think they should just leave that show alone? Leave it alone. Yeah. I, I think um, a lot of times shows, movies, try to do sequels just to get some money out of it. And you know, it, it's everything's for money. I mean, a lot of these, you know, you do it because you think it's going to make right, a lot of money, sure. right? But yeah. um, I think it would be, I think it would be a, a little bit of a money grab. Yeah, I, I agree. think it's, it's, you would be feeding, obviously feeding a huge, you would try, be trying to appease your fans too much instead of just leaving it where it was because what you made from 2005 
2005 to 2014 was a masterpiece, right? I mean, it's incredible. So just leave it as is. You don't need a movie. You don't need, you know, follow up. It, just leave it as is. People clearly still watch it all the time. You know, millions of people have seen your show. You don't need a reboot. I agree with that. And I, I always, everything in my world always circles back to some kind of a sports a- analogy. And to me, it's like an athlete who's on top and then they just, yeah. you, you stay for too long and you're just, that's how you're remembered. I want to remember the show as it is, which to me yeah. is for my, me personally, my favorite show of all times. A couple more things here and then we'll wrap up. We are here at Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. Your brother, Blake, you mentioned this. That's not right. everybody might not know this, but he's a long snapper for LSU, quite literally following in your footsteps. That's right, yep. Last eight years now at LSU, yeah. when you and your brother have been yep. a long snapper. <clears throat> I'm sure you're proud, and I'm sure you're very excited. Saturday, LSU, yep, Oklahoma. Absolutely. That's going to be a, a nerve-wracking oh, yeah. day for you, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. Um, are you relishing the very realistic possibility that both you and your brother could be in the NFL together? And who knows, maybe... You may even line up against each other on a Sunday. Have you thought about that? Yeah, uh, for sure. Thought about it. I've, I, uh, it's 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 an extremely exciting, um, you know, prospect to think about. Um, I'm. I think I'll. I, right, as of right now, you know, obviously being a part of this team in, in Buffalo, I want to finish strong. I would go to Super Bowl, win everything we can this season. Sure. Um, I'm. I'm. I am just as excited to have he's going to move in after he's done with his LSU stuff they you know win the national championship he's going to yeah he's <laughs> going to move in with me back in Atlanta and we're going to do all our offseason training together so that's what I'm excited about um just to to pour into him as much knowledge as I can cuz I want to set him up and give him the best chance uh that he can to succeed at, at this level and and kind of I I want to you know because I was in his position Four years ago, uh, I want to be able to to teach him and and uh, give him those the tips of what I wish I knew when I was coming out of his position because it is such a unique position that he's going to be in. You know, long the long snapper position itself. But um, I mean, he's he's probably going to be the top guy coming out of of at the position. So he'll he's setting himself up nice already, having having a great uh, college career. Uh, you know, he's going to play in the senior bowl, uh, hopefully get invited to the combine. We'll see about that. But, um, you know, just being able to give, give what I know now, uh, what I went through in 2016, you know, obviously being on the practice squad was a different, uh, different situation than a lot of specialists have in general. Cause you don't really ever practice squad a, a long snapper really, but kickers and punters too. Um, just to kind of, Pour in him and as much as I can, so that he's um, when he goes and, and competes for a job somewhere, he's he's uh, confident in his ability and, and and can go out there and perform perform at his best. Yeah, it's definitely a gift for Blake, a, a blessing to be able to have his big brother, literally, I mean quite literally, be able to show him the ropes and what it takes to be in the NFL and be a long snapper. No that's, doubt. That, that's that's something that definitely should work out for him. Long snapping is just a position. It's one of those thankless positions. You work hard. You train hard all year. You hone your craft, everything you can to perfect it. And the only time throughout the season, somebody's going to say your name as if it's a bad snap. You can right. make a perfect snap every snap during the season. And if you're doing that, no one's going to say anything. It's it's right. not just you. I'm talking about any long yeah, yeah, snapper. Yeah. It's when 
that snaps bad on a, on a field goal attempt or on a punt or something like that. that yeah. Is that difficult sometimes having, like like I said, what's essentially a thankless job? Yeah. Um, you know, just, just to be frank with you, I, I don't find it um, tough. It's not a tough part of – it's not a – a challenging thing that I deal with because I've learned I've uh, learned to fall in love with um, the monotony of the job, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not expecting to be uh, the front pay. You know, great snaps. You know, I don't expect that because I expect it out of myself. Sure. I expect perfection. I expect elite level play. Right. Sure. So. Uh, you know, when somebody does congratulate me, you know, coach, you know, whoever it may be, coaches, you know, teammates, opposing coach, fans. you know, fans, whoever fans it may be, I take it, I appreciate that, um, but I hold myself at a very high standard, um, and I, I, I would like to think that that's gotten me to where I am today, uh, and competing at the level that that I'm competing at currently, but. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, like you said, it is, it is a thankless job and that's just something that you have to learn to deal with because you're not going to get, uh, accolades and, and a lot of, uh, attention, uh, doing this job unless you screw up and, and you screw up one too many times, <laughs> you're not going to be getting any kind we'll of attention, good or bad. City. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I've, I've, you got to learn to fall in love with, with being thank, uh, Thank, being in, playing in the thankless job, yeah. Um, I learned this about you the last time I had you on. Now, even though you're from Georgia, you're a Yankees fan. Garrett Cole to the Yankees. That's I, right. I got to get your Love take it. on that. Big, that's yeah. a big, big deal. There, big time. Man. Yeah, huge, uh, huge Yankees fan. Very excited. Um, glad they got him. I know they, they've given up, or I guess not given up, but they have let a couple guys go. Romine and Didi. I think went, Didi went to the Phillies. Romine yeah. went to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, sad to see those guys go because I enjoyed watching, uh, watching DD for sure. He's a good, he was a good but, Yankee. Um, you know, Romine's been. Uh, I mean, you can't ask for much more. I have a backup catcher since he's been in the organization, but um, you know, they're they're going to roll in next year. You know, the Red Sox are trying to offload a bunch of guys. Astros, you know, they're they're they can't bring everybody back. Um, they lost Cole. They lost Cole, <laughs> yeah, right? So deal. they, I, I think they might be trading, trying to trade uh, Correa. Uh, so you know, you never know what can happen. But I mean, it's hard to see many teams um, with more promising uh, outlook for the upcoming season than the Yankees, and it's it's exciting. And uh, you know, as yeah, I, I I love it. Can't wait. Didi is one of those Yankees. I'm going to miss him a lot. He was, yeah, for he's sure. a good Yankee. He's one of those guys I could see 10, 20 years yep. on the road when he's retired and they have old timers day at the Bronx That's and right. bring the guys out. That's he's right. going to be one of those guys who gets those loud cheers from us. For uh, sure. And, the he, fans. and I think what I liked about him um, so much, I, not, you know, as far as consistency, I wouldn't say he, was, he wasn't the most consistent because he hit, you know, he hit 270, 275, 280, whatever. But uh, he did have some seasons at plus 300. Uh, you know, 20-plus homers, but he had big moments, and that's what you remember. You know, big home runs, big hits, and big spots, and that's what you remember. Walk-off homer, you know, game-tying homers, whatever it may be, that's what you're. That's what I. That's what I'm going to remember about D.D. playing for the Yankees, and, and I can appreciate that. Here's where I want to go as, as we wind this down now. What do you see yourself doing someday down the road when your NFL career is over? Regardless of how long you play for, have you thought about something like that? 
maybe doing some kind of sports media stuff. Cause yeah. I'm going to tell you your video. I saw on bills.com oh, yeah. the, the Christmas thing that that shit was funny, man. I was yeah. laughing my ass off of that, but seriously, have you had any thought yet or is it too early in your career for you to really start worrying too much about what you might do later on in life afterwards. Yeah, no, definitely. Not. Uh, it's never too early because you got to, I mean, as soon as you, well, as I, as I was going to say, as soon as you graduate college, you got to have a plan, plan B. But uh, when you're really, when you're in college, because you can't, you can't prep at, at my position like you're going to make it. Right. Um, just because timing and, and the position opening, um, is so is is such it's such a it's a time it's a it's all it's all timing is a spot going to be open when you're available right yeah. so um are, and are you going to be ready to to go and perform and take that spot so uh i've i've always had a plan b uh plan b c d e <laughs> really um just because i didn't want to be stuck on one thing but uh i kind of have a couple options i you know i'd like to uh maybe open my own uh little like a microbrewery um and kind of you know make some money that way sure. uh chiropractic school is something that i've been interested in i know that's kind of you know that would be a little more in depth um mm -hmm. in terms of uh probably a couple years of studying but something i've always been a fan of i see a chiropractor a couple times a week before the games in the off season i've got a uh, i've got a guy back in atlanta that runs a great business um dr uh dr zeller he uh i've been seeing him since i was in eighth grade uh, you know, for gosh, I don't even know how long that, you know, 12 years or 10 years, however long it's been, but, uh, something that I've always ha kind of had an interest in, I guess. But, uh, and then I, you know, I've also thought about joining the FBI, uh, oh, really? which is certainly, um, yeah, that's, that's probably third plan. I would say just because that, that would involve, um, you know, kind of moving. You don't really know where you're going to be. Uh, they could put you anywhere. So, yeah. uh, and then, you know, as far as, uh, <laughs> your life being in danger, I'm not really sure, uh, that I'm up for that, for that <laughs> task, you know, you know, I, I, uh, you know, but I can appreciate, you know, mil military is a different story, but I definitely appreciate those guys and what they do for our country. But, uh, I don't, you know, yeah, that's kind of plan, plan, plan A is obviously what I'm doing currently. Plan B, C, D is, is. Hopefully something I don't have to worry about for a while. I want to end by circling back to that video that I referenced. You were dressed up with some Christmas gear on. This came out shortly before Christmas, and you went around the locker room asking players some questions. And what I want to kind of do is flip this, and now I'm going to ask you okay. to answer these questions that you Bring ask others. Yep. Um, Steven Hosko is one of them. I think Quentin Spain, you also asked this. So you asked, name a person, one person on the team that you'd give away for yeah. Christmas. Who would it be? Now, Quentin and Stephen Hoskins both said Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie. That's right. Who, who would you say? Who, what's your answer? I would say. I mean, probably I would say, and and not and and if he hears this, not in a bad way, but I'd give away Corey Bajorquez because he is <laughs> seriously uh, that guy is never in a bad mood. Uh, he always brightens my day, like you know, and is not you know, it's a he's a great kid. Um, he's been a, a, an awesome friend to me getting to know him over the last year and a half has been, uh, has been a joy for me. So, uh, I know that if I gave him away as a gift to somebody that they would really enjoy getting to know Corey Borges <laughs> <laughs> and the mustache is yeah, just yeah, an added the mustache bonus. Is awesome, that, man. Oh my gosh. Now you ask Josh Allen is, and it's probably going to be 
the same answer here. The jolliest player in the locker room. Yeah. Is that Corey? Is that somebody uh, else? One, one of, I, gosh, jolliest player. We got a lot of happy dudes. Uh, Shaq Lawson, always, you know, he's always real loud and for the most part in a good mood. He's He's got to be up there. Um, jolliest player. J- Jordan Phillips. He's a great dude. Love me. I love having him around. Isaiah McKenzie, you know, always trying to crack jokes. Uh, Corey's got to be on the list. Jolly. Yeah. There's a handful of guys you could put on there for sure. Two more here. Who okay. in the locker room would make the best Santa Claus? Uh, pro- uh, probably Lee Smith. That's who I thought. To- I think I asked Tommy Sweeney this question. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to say Lee Smith for sure. Cause I think he's just got the biggest beard on the team. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Lee Smith, and he, and you know, he's just kind of—he looks like he'd be a good Santa Claus. Last question here. This is the tough one, the hard-hitting one. Who is the Grinch of the Buffalo Bills? Oh my goodness! Now you asked Corey this on the phone. I think he, and he said, said Ty. And Secchi. Yeah, he said Ty and Secchi. Uh, I'd say that's probably a safe answer. I mean, he's 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 just like he keeps to himself a lot. I wouldn't say he's angry, but uh, I would say he's probably just. I don't think there really is a, a true Grinch as far as like being in a bad mood because that's not really who we are, like who we're, like what we're about as a team. You, you know, everybody's kind of in an uplifting, uh, promising, you know, mood most of the time. So, um, yeah, I, I guess Ty would be my answer too, just because okay. it kind of, he, I, I don't know. He, he's real quiet. So I don't know. I don't know if Grinch is the right word though, but I can't really think of anybody that's an actual Grinch in the <laughs> locker room because they probably wouldn't be here anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what, it, it's a good time obviously to be a player for the Buffalo right. Bills. And it's also a very good time to be a fan of the Buffalo Bills. Very exciting season. And again, a story that's yet to be written. There's more to come. So Thanks a lot for doing the podcast, Reed. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't follow him on Twitter yet, it's at SnapFlow69. That's, That's correct, right. right? That's right. Thanks for doing the podcast. Well, it's great having yeah, you on. Man. You're awesome. Erica's awesome. The Wings here at Sunny Reds, awesome. Everything about this episode, awesome. So I appreciate thank you it, much. man. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. So uh sure it won't be the last time. And I just want to thank everyone out there for listening again. Thank you for downloading. And if you get a chance, Sunny Reds, Lackawanna, Really good chicken wings under the radar spot. Reed endorses them. I endorse them. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. Bye.